Hey everyone, thank you for joining us and Happy New Year. It's, it's 2018 and we are so excited to see what God's going to do in this ministry this, uh, this coming year and what he's going to do throughout the whole uh, throughout the whole kingdom of God, through the whole family of God, and uh, through all of you as a part of this ministry and, and whatever the Lord has called you to do. We're excited to see what he's, he's doing through you. So this week I want to go ahead and, and talk about something that we discussed a few weeks ago uh, towards the end of our Grace series. We touched on something that I had mentioned and we, we called it a tale of two glories. And so that, that's what I want to talk to you about uh, today as a tale of two glories. So let's go ahead and let's take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And let's look at uh, verse 1. Paul's writing here, he says, Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or do we need, as some others, epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? You are our epistle, written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly you are an epistle of Christ, ministered to by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, the heart. And we have such trust through Christ toward God. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who has also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter of the Spirit, but the letter for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Now, Paul is, Paul's writing here, and he's the first thing that he's doing is he's beginning to draw a line in the sand. He's drawing a line between what was the old covenant, which was Paul, what we'll see later, he calls it glorious, um, and, and the new covenant, which is even more glorious. He, he's, he's drawing this line and, and comparing the old covenant's uh, measures of the flesh and of uh, the, 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 the law written on stones, on tablets. He's going and comparing and contrasting that to the new covenant, which was written and engraved on the hearts of all of humanity. Uh, verse 7, But if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, how will the ministry of the Spirit be not more glorious? For if the ministry of, the con of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect, because of the glory that excels. For if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Verse 12, Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. Now, what was this here that's passing away? Uh, it, it's the same thing that Moses is continually referring, or Paul rather, is referring to as the ministry of death, the ministry of condemnation, the, the precursor, the, the what came before this old or this new covenant. Uh, verse 14, but their minds were blinded for until this day, that means even until today, and, and you can see this throughout the church as a whole, this is, this is there throughout all of Christianity. Um, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. Paul's saying that that veil remains. That veil remains when we go and we read Moses. Even to this day, verse 15, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their hearts. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, Let's go ahead and, and let's, let's take a look at what Paul is writing here. Let's break this down. He's saying that there are two 
differences here, or, or two different um, agreements, two different uh, ministries established between God and humanity. There's the ministry of death and the ministry of condemnation, and the ministry of life. The ministry of death and condemnation was the old covenant, the old covenant's law. The, the ministry of the spirit, the ministry that, that gives life, uh, is, is this new covenant through Jesus Christ. And Paul is, Paul's going and saying here that to this day, if we go and we read the covenant of Moses without looking at it through new covenant glasses, if we don't go and, and look at everything written in the law, in the commandment of Moses, with the understanding of how does this look now that Christ has come? Remember in Galatians, Paul, Paul writes that before faith came, you were under a tutor. But now that faith has come, you're no longer under a tutor. The law was our tutor to point us to Christ. But once faith in Christ has come, you no longer have need of that tutor. You no longer have need of that instructor to point you to that. There's no more purpose for it for the new covenant believer. And that's what Paul is writing and he's saying here by the Holy Spirit. And that's, that's what goes and, and catches so many Christians uh, off guard because we go and, and we read the Old Testament and we think that instructions that were given to an audience at, at a certain point in time, things that were written specifically to the Jewish people in that time apply to us. And th that, that's what Paul's telling us here, that this is that veil this is the veil which, which lies over the face of those who read Moses until they go and, and see the Lord and see Christ in his fullness, in his, in his goodness, in his glory. Uh, verse 17, now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in the same, into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So, there are two types of glory here that are referred to, and the church ha has, for so many years, has been content to go and to settle for the lesser glory, the prior glory, the glory that was on the Mosaic Covenant, and the church has gone and tried to convince people that they even need to, to be a part of something that was never even meant to apply to them in the first place. The, the, the agreement between God and Moses was between God and Moses for all of the Israelites. In the book of Ephesians, I believe it is, it says that you were strangers from the covenants of promise and aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, referring to us, us Gentile believers. But then it tells us that we've been brought near by the blood of Christ. So this, this glory, this there is... There's so much here. If you go on in chapter 4, um, in verse, verse 7, Paul writes and says, We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of power may be in God and, and not in us. This treasure, this glory of the new covenant lives on the inside of us in, in these earthen vessels. And this, this new covenant, if you go and you dive into it and you really begin to understand it, this new covenant was never based upon you. And that's the, the contrasting between the old and the new. Under the old covenant, the process was do good, get good. Do bad, get bad. God could only be good to you if you were first good to God. 
God's goodness to you was based on your goodness to him, your ability to follow the rules, your ability to measure up. But the new covenant, uh, the book of Hebrews tells us that because he could swear by no, no one greater, he swore by himself. Literally, God made a covenant. God made an agreement with himself between himself and Jesus Christ and said that no longer am I going to make this covenant between myself and humanity. This covenant is going to be between me and myself because I know that Jesus is faithful to uphold the covenant. Jesus, Jesus isn't going to go and break the covenant. That was, that was the flaw with the Mosaic covenant. And, and under this old glory, there was, there were so many good things there, and there were instructions for for right living and right behaving, uh, right believing, right acting. But there was never anything that would go and and change the heart. Let's go over and uh, look at the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter nine, and. Uh, let's go to verse 11. Christ came as the high priest of good things to come with greater or with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood. He entered the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us all. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And then he goes on um, and continues uh, in, in chapter 10. He says, for the law, verse 1, having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of those things. So notice the law is all types and shadows. The, the law is all types and shadows. It's it's literally a reflection of what is to come later. The law having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with the same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year make those who approach perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered. For the worshipers once purified or once purged would have had no more consciousness of sins. Notice that under the old covenant, no matter how many sacrifices you did, no matter what you did under this Mosaic covenant, no matter how good you were, no matter how well you measured up to the standard, it could never cleanse your conscience from sins. However, he says here that this new covenant of grace, this new covenant cleanses or purifies or purges our consciousness from sins. We literally, under this new covenant of grace, should have no more sin consciousness. You shouldn't be concerned with sin anymore. Now, don't go and run and say, oh, well, we can go be, uh, we don't need to be concerned with sin. You know, uh, Dave's just going and saying, we can, we can go and live however we want. I'm not saying that. Back it up. We live under the new covenant of grace. Our instructions are to love the Lord your God and to love others. Those are the two things. And if we love people, we're not going to violate the Ten Commandments. If we love other people, we're not going to violate the law of God. We might violate things that are, um, you know, under the Mosaic law, things such as pork or shellfish or uh, wearing mixed fabric clothing, but we're not going to violate the actual law of God that was uh, established 
for forever. That that's um, we're not going to violate the way that God wants us to act towards each other. We're going to treat each other right. If I love my wife, I'm not going to cheat on her. I, I'm not going to commit adultery, right? If you love your spouse, you won't commit adultery. Uh, if, if you love someone, you're not going to steal from them. I mean, this is this is just very simple concepts, but. No longer do I need to be concerned with don't steal, 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 don't steal. All I have to be concerned with is, am I loving others? Am I, uh, am I living my life in a way that shows that love to others, that, that demonstrates that love to God and to others? It, it, the, the Bible tells us that people will know we're Christians. How? By our love. It says we'll know we're followers. They'll know we're followers of Jesus by our love. And, and so that this is that that contrast between the two. There, there's two different things presented. We've got the ministry of death. Uh, we, we read about, remember, in, in 2 Corinthians, the ministry of death, the ministry of condemnation versus the ministry of the Spirit. So literally, Paul is telling us that this, this letter kills, the, the ministry of death, trying to live yourself or to live up to the standard under the law all that's going to do is promote death within you. Um, but Paul even writes about that in Romans, that the, the law, he wouldn't have known covetousness unless the law had said, you shall not covenant. When the, when the commandment came uh, in Romans 7, 9, I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And the commandment, which was to bring uh, life, I found to bring death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me and killed me. Uh, the, the way the law worked is it would go and it would present these things and it was to go and to, to make uh, sin transgression. It was to go and show humanity the way that we weren't supposed to live and act and to show us that when we acted this way, we were actually transgressing the law of God. But that commandment brought death. Paul is saying then in, in 2 Corinthians that the, that is the ministry of death, the letter that kills. But the ministry of the Spirit, the ministry of the Spirit is what brings life. So when we live our lives yielded to the Holy Spirit, yielded to who He is, yielded to what He's done in us and through us and for us, that is going to bring life to us. That is going to go and, and begin to change our beliefs, change our hearts, change our minds, change our circumstances. That's going to go and no longer bring us under the ministry of death and the ministry of condemnation, but it's going to place us squarely within the ministry of life. And we're out of time. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, go ahead and check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at ByGraceINTL, ByGrace International on all the, the major social media networks. You can go ahead and check our website out, ByGraceInternational.com, um, and go ahead and Sign up for our mailing list. If you do, we want to send you a free download. It's a message I preached a few months ago called Faith is Not a Formula. And in, in this message, we, uh, we go and break down what it truly means to have faith in God and have faith in, in who He is and that when we believe God, we're not believing God based off of, a, well, I need to confess this scripture and say this and do that. But no, we're listening and being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and bringing forth what He would say through us. And as we believe on that, that's what's going to cause our lives and our situations and our circumstances to change.